The Mets have a new manager. They went with former Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza. It's not the sexiest hire in the world, but we'll explain on Amazing But True on this emergency episode why Mets fans shouldn't pull their hair out. In my case, not existent hair, but in your case, why you shouldn't jump off the ledge just yet. Craig Council goes to Chicago for $8 million. That shocked the world. We'll react to Craig Council. We'll react to Carlos Mendoza becoming the new manager of the Mets. It's Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, and our guest, Subway to Shea host, Anthony Rivera, on this emergency episode of Amazing But True from the New York Post. It's coming up next. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Queens, Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Welcome to an emergency episode of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I am Jake Brown. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Amazing But True. Emergency emergency it's monday november 6 2023 and i'm about to head to the jets monday night game but first the mets of course today have decided on their manager according to our own at the new york post joel sherman and john amen the mets are going with carlos mendoza so we're here to react to it joining me in just a minute will be subway to shea pod host friend of the program anthony rivera All right, let's get down to business now. Every Mets fan and their mother wanted Craig Council. He was the name. It was Council, Andy Green, Mark Kotze, and the guy they end up with, Carlos Mendoza, who has spent the last four seasons as the Yankees bench coach and was in the organization from the minors and up for 15 years. Council went to Chi-Town in an absolutely stunning move. Going from Milwaukee to Chicago, and you wouldn't think money was the concern for the Mets. You think the Mets could pay him and pay him handsomely because that's what he got five years, 40 million. It's Joe Torrey money, lucrative money to become the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. I mean, see you, David Ross. I think what it came down to this is Council's got kids, he's got family, you know, Milwaukee. He now goes 90 miles south of Milwaukee to Chicago. 
He stays within a few hours of family, friends, his kid's school. Maybe he doesn't even move. Who knows? Maybe he gets an apartment for himself close to the stadium. I don't know. But he said, I'm going to go with a little bit less pressure. Now, Chicago's still a big city. So you can argue, you know, if he could do Chicago, you know, why couldn't he do New York? It just seems like maybe once the Chicago offer came closer to home and all the money, same money, he said, why not? I mean, he's making more as a manager than a player. It's unbelievable. Eight million a year to manage a Cubs team that's pretty damn good and young and has a lot of talent. So you couldn't put all your eggs in one basket with Craig Council. You had to go elsewhere. Initial reaction, underwhelming. We know almost nothing about Carlos Mendoza. 15 years in the Yankees organization. People around the league say he has a high baseball IQ. He gets a lot of praise around the game for his high baseball IQ. He worked under a manager, Aaron Boone, who was unsuccessful with the Yankees. You're going to think he's a big analytical guy. David Stearns, this is his first big move. David Stearns, a Harvard analytical guy, numbers guy. Went with a numbers guy. He didn't go with a short bet. Now, if you're a Met fan, you're a little bit mad because you went from Buck Showalter, a proven manager who's won, you know, not won a World Series, but won, to a guy who's never managed. And the last time the Mets went with guys who didn't manage, it was Luis Rojas, who probably wasn't ready, and Mickey Callaway. We know how that went. Four years, no playoff appearances. So, you know, you could say the Mets struck out. It's hard to like love the hire and it's hard to despise it because we just don't know him. So if you're despising it and the sky is falling, you got to just get some fresh air and not lose your mind over this because where Stearns will make his mark is what he does to that starting rotation, to that bullpen, to the bench, to the lineup. Cause I think, you know, in baseball, a manager doesn't mean as much in football, where I think coaching means a whole lot. In baseball, it's not the end-all, be-all. He's 43 years old, Venezuelan-born. You know, he's got enough baseball experience. It's just not major league managerial experience. You know, 15 years of coaching is a good number. You know, it's, that's a lot of years in the game. But is you know, the time in the big leagues, four seasons as bench coach, enough to warrant excitement from a Mets fan base that is craving a winner, that is craving for David Stearns to get it right. I'm going to trust David Stearns here. I'm not going to go in the scream into the microphone, season's over, this is a disgrace, what are you doing? I won't take that route because I do trust Stearns is going to get the team right. And if the team's right, you hope that the manager just makes a good team better. It doesn't make it worse. So he's got to get this rotation right. He's got to go get a Yamamoto or an Otani, get one of those two. Love both, but one of those two. He's got to go, you know, make a trade for Juan Soto if he could pull it off. That's where I'm going to judge David Stearns. But, you know, this is a very meh move. What worries me more is that these were the only guys on the list. There was nobody else. I, you know, most Mets fans would say, yeah, I'd rather have Andy Green and Mark Kotze. I, it was, it was Council, probably Council, Kotze, Green, and then Mendoza on the list. And they went with the last guy. But a buddy of mine brought up a good point. He said, 
I love the move because of the reaction. He loves the move because we don't know a lot about him. You know, we knew a lot about Buck. He came here. It was good the first year, but last year was this past year was terrible. So you could say I'd rather have Buck, but things clearly unraveled in the clubhouse and with the team that it's hard to be like, you know, hindsight's 2020 to say, oh, I wish Buck was still here. Because that, that window came and it passed and he moved on. It's over. I'm not going to say that. I would have liked one of the other guys, but we move on to the offseason. Don't love it. Don't despise it. Just eh about it. Now go get some players. All right, let's chat more about the new managerial hire, Carlos Mendoza with Subway to Shea host. Friend of the program, Anthony Rivera. Anthony, welcome to the program. How are you feeling about Mendoza? Yeah, I gotta say, I'm you know, I'm kind of kind of where you are right now. I I don't know, indifferent maybe. Uh I was never high on any of the guys that were announced, even Craig Council himself. I know he had the most experience, but uh, he he I, I don't know, I wasn't really in on him. I thought he was 50-50. Uh, ever since we found out like his background that he, you know, he's pretty much ingrained in the, you know, town of Milwaukee with his family. And, you know, he's always going to the ballpark. So I thought he was going to stay there. I had no clue he was going to Chicago at all. And now that you mentioned that it was what, eight mil uh, a year for those you five can't years, blame him eight million a year to manage and be within 90 miles of your home. To me, it's a no brainer. Unless like you truly love and have New York roots, which he doesn't. Stearns has New York roots. He's a New Yorker. He grew up a Mets fan. What roots does Craig Council have with the Mets to make him choose New York? So for the fans saying, oh, how do you miss out on Council? I think Council made it pretty damn clear he did not want to come here. Yeah, he was going to run the price up to get Milwaukee to budge. They didn't budge, but Chicago did. And, you know, Mets fans may feel awful right now but how do milwaukee fans feel i mean he left them for their division rival and i think that's got to feel a whole lot worse uh with mendoza yeah we don't know much obviously he's from new york with the being with the yankees the four years as their bench coach so we'll see what he brings to the table you know when we were leaving terry collins behind and going younger where we had callaway and then we had luis rojas and I thought, you know, maybe a younger manager might be the way to go. They're starting to get into the analytics, so maybe that worked. Then it didn't work. Then I was like, you know what? I want the grizzled veteran. I want the, you know, Buck Showalter in here, or, you know, even if it was Bruce Bochy or whoever. The veteran manager was the way I wanted to go following, you know, the disaster of Callaway and Rojas, and that didn't work either. So now I'm at a point where, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't have a... uh a hundred percent feeling on Carlos Mendoza. But what I do know is what you said earlier, the next hires that, that, that Stearns makes are the most important. And is that is to this roster, whether it's starting pitching, which they definitely need now three starters. They need a full bullpen. Now that Adam Adovino now has uh, now declined his option and is going to free agency. So they need a lot of work done, and that's going to be the most important thing is getting this roster together to at least be competent enough to make some type of wild card or postseason run because we know the Braves are at the top. The Phillies are right there. Um, even the Marlins now have a president of baseball operations, I think, in Bendix from Tampa Bay and uh, Washington 
played a lot better than we thought they were going to play. Not great, but they played better than we expected them to play last season. So the Mets have a lot of work to do when it comes to their roster. Who would you have hired? Like, who would you have interviewed? Who would you have hired if you were in David Stern's boat? Uh, man, I keep people keep talking about Espada, and I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Carlos Mendoza now is what what Espada was last year. He's like the hot commodity that the new upstart that may become a manager. Um, I I wanted to see them, you know, talk to at least Mike Schilt from St. Louis, who I mean, who he was from St. Louis and helped that team turn around uh, at the time he was there. Um. I, I don't know, man. I, I just the, the manager just doesn't thrill me anymore. It, it's about the players on the field and if they can get the job done. As long as Carlos Mendoza comes in here and he doesn't do these, you know, bullpen games in the postseason or or you know, takes his starting pitcher out after 70 pitches, you know, I'm good. Those are my biggest concerns with new managers because that's what I've been seeing a lot of in baseball. We saw it in the World Series where, the, you know, a game on the line and we're watching a bullpen game. Like, I, I don't want to see that when it comes to having a new manager. So I, I'm hoping that these two work together well. And, you know, a lot of people wanted David Stearns here. Uh, we all did, right? I mean, for a long time, we wanted David Stearns to be the president of baseball operations. And now that he's here and he makes his move, you know, fans are going to get, fans are going to be the way they feel, right? So let's see what happens here. And this next month or two, the hot stove is what's really important to me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, surprise, surprise. Now, as we'll make this a roundtable, he's reporting live from a field somewhere, I assume, in Port St. Lucie at Fantasy Camp. It is the co-host of Amazing But True, Nelson Figueroa. Figgy, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, you are fresh off the field coaching because you're too old to play, as you can see from the gray gray beard. Uh, you know, you're on the field. I guess you either I informed you or you got the notification on your phone while you're coaching. The Mets have a new manager. Well, they haven't announced it yet, but our friends at the uh, our New York Post, Joel Sherman and John Heyman, have announced that it will be Carlos Mendoza. You know, me and Anthony were saying we're very meh on it. You, we don't know enough about him. You know, you trust David Stearns and you hope that he gets it right in terms of the roster. Managers aren't as important, per se, as they used to be. What's your initial reaction to Mendoza? Well, one of the things about Mendoza, he's been, you know, a coach in the Milwaukee organization for a long time, 15 years, of course, the bench coach for the last four. 
um, under Aaron Boone. Uh, most of the people that I've reached out to don't know a lot about him. You know, they, they don't know. He's very um, soft-spoken. He's not an argument, uh, a guy who's argumentative. Um, most of the people said very intelligent. Um, uh, he's just not um, the first person who would jump out at you as a usually manager of a huge market like New York. So, uh, but the baseball people, you know, he's someone who understands today's game, understands today's player, and now it's just the ability to see how he relates to today's player with a team and an organization that you know is foreign to him. Um, that's the part I think that people are going to be mostly interested in. Um, the X's and O's part, that's all being done by. Uh, you know, data teams, as we saw with Texas Rangers um, just recently. Yes, Bruce Bochy was the manager. He's got an unbelievable pedigree. But a lot of that um, baseball analysis, the baseball ops program of the Texas Rangers, it wasn't an instant overnight success. They had five years of, uh, you know, finishing under 500 and having losing records and finishing twice in last place in their division to go ahead and win the World Series. It's a tremendous turnaround. Um, he was a part of that, but he wasn't everything. So I think today's manager, if you could name, I, I'd say out of the 30 managers that there are, if you could name um, half of them, that would be an unbelievable trivia game and then something that you'd probably know that because mostly today's managers, um, you don't really know about them. You know, playing some major league baseball, you know, they know the game that they coach recently, but there's not a lot of big names that are managing it. Don't you both worry? You say about soft-spoken in New York. You can't really be that way. I mean, I feel like that's how Luis Rojas was. He was kind of a soft-spoken, analytical guy, and that didn't work. You could say that's not all on him. He was in a tough boat. He maybe got the short end of the stick. But New York, you kind of want someone fiery, and I feel like Buck maybe had that. I was saying you can't look at it like I'd rather still have Buck. You kind of cross that. It's over with. You can't be like, let's still have Buck, but... When you know, I I feel like the fan base maybe some of them are angry because they want more of that fiery guy, and maybe someone like a Katze would have been a better fit. Yeah, well, maybe that's the thing that the Mets need. You know, this we talked about soft spoken. I know you said Luis Rojas was soft spoken, but you know, it, it's it's going to be different. We don't know how he is uh, going to handle the New York media. He's never had to speak to the New York media before. So, I think when it comes to the X's and O's, and it comes to being a part of a team that's making decisions, uh, you know. Uh, leading to lineups, leading to, you know, um, which personnel that are they going to use, how much rest they're going to give them, things like that. All that stuff is being decided from up top. And now that David Stearns is here and the baseball ops team is going to, you know, it, it should be a, a more cohesive unit. It should be a much bigger unit. And that leads to, I mean, a team like Texas, right? Take for them, for example, the last five years before this year, they had losing records, but they had one of the biggest uh, data analyst teams and baseball ops programs in baseball. They've made a lot of changes to their players, changes to their swings, and it led to getting guys like Adolis Garcia into one of the best power hitting uh, outfielders in the last two, three years. And uh, you saw what he did in, you know, leading up to the World Series. Fast forward, um, a guy like Evan Carter who nobody even knew who he was. He got drafted in the second round, and they didn't even have a headshot for him at MLB Network because nobody knew who this kid was. Fast forward, what does he do? He only batted over 300 in the World Series with over 900 OPS. Um, extra base extraordinaire, and now he's put his name on the map. So it's not an exact science. So I'm not sitting here saying that, oh, if you just increase the scouting, you increase the analytics department, that everybody is going to be able to everybody's going to be able to uh, uh, jump to that next level. But it is part of it. And I think that they're trying to grow together. And like you said, he wanted a blank slate that he could grow with. Carlos Mendoza is a blank slate.
How about this, Anthony? Craig Council will make nearly double his entire MLB earnings as a player, which was about $21 million in 16 seasons with his new contract, which is $40 million in five seasons, and he becomes the highest-paid manager in the history of the sport. Before that, the highest-paid manager in MLB was $4.5 million. For context, Bill Belichick makes – I didn't even realize this. Bill Belichick, $20 million a year. Monty Williams, $13 million. Nick Saban, $11 million. John Calipari, $8 million. Todd McCle- McClellan, $5 million. So baseball managers do not make anywhere near these other guys. What do you think, Anthony, about uh, the $8 million a year number? Yeah, I think there was a time and day where Joe Torre was probably making around 7 or $8 million as a manager. But, you know, obviously we're talking about the Yankees there at that time. Yeah, he got what he wanted. Craig Council got what he wanted. He wanted to make money. He's making the money. He wanted to be the highest paid uh, manager in baseball. He's going to do that. I just didn't think it was going to come with the Chicago Cubs. That came out of left field for me. I thought it was either going to be uh, Milwaukee, Houston, or or the Mets. And he uh, went with Chicago. The only thing I hope is that now I hope fans don't think that, you know, uh, Steve Cohen is being cheap by not, you know, giving him the most money that he wanted. That's the only concern that I have. Yeah, Figgy, we discussed. I think it was pretty obvious. He wanted to, he's 91 miles away from home. He doesn't have to, probably doesn't have to move the kids out of school, probably doesn't have to sell the house, making same money he'd make here, not having to deal with us and, you know, us crazy fans and, and us as in, you know, New York media. We're not really media. We're just lunatic fans. You're a former player <laughs> fan, but like, you know, the, the dealing with the Joel and John and the writers and, and everyone, they say, you know, what? I, I don't want to deal with that. I'll stay here. Now, Chicago's still big. You're still going to get, you know, people booing you if you go on a four-game losing streak. But the noise isn't as loud there. But now for Mendoza, you know, he's used to the noise in terms of New York, but not in terms of being a head honcho. Now, the, the, the naysayers will say, look at what he did. Look what Aaron Boone and these Yankees did. They sucked. They underachieved. They went too much by the, you know, analytical books. And things were a failure in the Bronx. So the the naysayers, people like the Frank the Tanks of the world, will say, you know, the Mets will lose 130 games in the next 40 years, whatever it is. But for me, it's like it's hard for me to say. He might be a home run if the Mets have a home run off season. So, uh, you know, it's a tough balance of having no idea who he is and being negative with, hey, maybe he's going to be a great first-time manager and, you know, the Mets win a world. And it's weird to think that the Mets' first – winning World Series manager since 1986 could be Carlos Mendoza. Yeah, that's not the name that you would have thought, especially, like I said, a few years ago, it was Carlos Beltran, who was, the, I mean, if you think of a, about a, a guy riding it on a white horse to save the organization, that would have been the guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, now it's who are you going to surround him with? You're going to fire the coaching staff that was previously there, and you're going to probably hire – a uh, whole new coaching staff. Some let him have some input of who he's comfortable working with and who he wants on his staff. Uh, of course, you know player personnel, and this is all now become the president of baseball ops's job to revamp this whole organization. Having said that, David Stearns talked about sharing a vision, and apparently Buck didn't have the vision, even though he never spoke with him. Epler didn't have the vision, and he let him go. Um, now you look at the vision that apparently Carlos Mendoza was able to wow him in the first interview, got a second interview, and they decided to go with Mendoza. And it's not that they were going to try and be cheap or, you know, they don't feel that a, a manager is a, a necessity or good manager or experienced manager is a necessity or the highest paid manager. 
But I do think it comes down to the players on the field, right? It comes down to what these players are able to do. Look what happened to Buck. They won 101 games, and Buck wins manager of the year. They go with, you know, not even a similar team, but a a better team where they, you know, they added pieces around it, and it wasn't working out over the first three months. And next thing you know, it's Buck's a terrible manager. You know, he lost the clubhouse. He lost this. And I don't feel that's the reason either. So most of the times – the manager isn't going to be the focal point. Um, no, there were some things that Buck did in his first year where eye-opening, where he was making moves and making decisions, um, how he used his pitching staff. We felt like he had a lot of say in that matter. But when you turn it around and see now the baseball ops is going to make it totally different. The way that they're handling it, it's totally different. So Mendoza is probably used to more of um, you know, the, the style of what the Yankees were doing, but he might have his own style that he wants to do. We don't know. No one can sit here and say, oh, I, Mendoza's this kind of manager. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. And I, I spoke with people who've played with Mendoza back when he was a player who know him, and they, they said, listen, he's an intelligent guy. He's a good baseball guy, and he's a guy, again, w- what do you learn about guys who are coached with the Yankee system, that they're loyal? Um, they're very tight-lipped. Uh, you've never heard a, a Yankee coach having to talk or talking to the media and now, you know, this is his opportunity to see if he can handle the, the big job. And obviously, David Stearns, is, this is his first hire. I don't think he's going to take a, a flyer and just say, ah, let's see what happens. So I think this is an educated guess. And now the rest is up to the team. If the team finds their way to, uh, to get into the playoffs, then it's a success. Spill the beans. Did any of the people you talked to say anything bad about no. Mendoza? Okay. No, 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 but nobody said anything bad. Nobody, you know, they said he's just very, he's just very quiet, very soft-spoken, just, you know, he's not a guy that's excitable, um, you know, and maybe we haven't seen that side of him as a manager and you're protecting your players and, you know, savages in the box and all that stuff. He's watched that through Aaron Boone and saw, you know, maybe that how tight it got him with his players. Maybe he does something like that, that, you know, brings endears him to, you know, his players. Maybe he gets thrown out of a game where they call a strike three on Pete Alonso and he gets in with Pete because because, you know, he battled for him. So there's a million different things that could happen here. And I don't think there's a single person, no matter how long they've been in the game, how long they've been writing. I've talked with former managers uh, of the New York Mets who just said, you know, they don't know a lot about the guy, but uh, they trust enough. I think that you waited long enough for David Stearns to come over and take over the baseball department. He has to be able to have a problem, to, uh, has has an issue of, um, being his first hire and being successful with this one. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. You know, my worry is first time manager. He hasn't had those in-game situations like a buck has. He, you know, in certain moments, he won't know what to do. But, you know, interesting, Joe Joe DeMeo tweeted this out, our buddy, um, about, you know, the current playoffs and the managers. And everyone at some point is in their life a first-time manager. Ten of the 12 managers in the playoffs – this was their first job. John Schneider, first time, 2022. Rocco Baldelli, twins, first time, 2019. Now, Bochi's been managing forever. He's different. Kevin Cash, first job race, still there. Uh, Dusty Baker, he's been around forever. Brandon Hyde, first time, 2019 Orioles. Tori Lavulo, first time, 2017 Council, first time. Skip Shoemaker, first time. Rob Thompson, first time. Uh, Dave Roberts, first time with the Dodgers. Uh, in 2016, still going. Brian Snicker, first time. 20. So, like, you know, a lot of these guys have had long-standing success now, and this is their first job. So this could be the start of something special. This could be the Carlos Mendoza era, the beginning, and it starts in 2024 with the Stearns-led New York Mets. How do you like that, guys? Well, 
Well, that's exactly what we're thinking, right? That's exactly what we're hoping for. Was that this is a, a, a guy that they're he's backing. This is the horse that he's backing, and this is the guy that he feels is going to be able to lead this team. Uh, now, when exactly what I said before, if I asked you to name half the managers in the major leagues right now, there's not a single person who could do it. It really isn't. It, you just don't know enough about these guys. And then when you start doing research about these guys and you see limited playing careers and not you know, highly successful playing careers, then you sit back and say, well, what is it about this guy? You know, so it must be he handles personnel well. It must be that he's a guy that has experienced the ups and downs. Is also that a guy who has learned, you know, all about the analytics and what is making these guys tick. You know, like so that's one of the things for me is that. I'm trusting enough right now of the pedigree of David Stearns and how young he is that he's going out there and giving somebody an opportunity like he has got an opportunity before, of course. And we'll see if it's not a puppet situation, but more so that they're going to be able to grow together. Yeah, the puppet thing is interesting because it felt like Aaron Boone was a puppet to the analytics and, and to everything. Buck, I didn't. Buck is Buck, so you don't feel like he's a puppet. But will this guy be a puppet? Uh, Anthony to you know Stearns and and to the analytical staff are they making the lineups? Everyone was saying Billy Epler was creating the lineup, and with, in terms of Daniel Vogelback, that seemed to be the case because it seemed like Epler was the guy vouching for Vogelback to be in the lineup. You just don't you were you don't want a puppet, you know, just by the books guy. You want a guy with some feel for the game, and I feel like some of these managers in the playoffs, while they are analytics driven, there are some who do. Uh, go by, you know, what's happening in the game. Well, we'll see definitely with the, you know, how the structure is, how they set up the lineups every night. And, you know, if, if the fans don't see a, a player playing that they want to play, they're going to blame the manager. And then it's going to be, oh, is he just listening to the analytics? And does he have a feel for the game? And we, we kind of got, you know, the uh, Jekyll and Hyde of that uh, from 2021 buck to 2022 buck. And, you know, fans were not happy about the way things then the whole thing with Epler came out and how Vogelback was handled. So, you know, we're in a new age of baseball where analytics is king and uh, it, it seems to only be getting more and more that way. Obviously, you'll have the outliers with Bruce Bochy, you know, winning the World Series and obviously Dusty Baker. But even to uh, Figgy's point that, you know, Bruce Bochy wasn't the whole thing in uh in texas and and you know they even struggled down the stretch and and you know got themselves into the postseason so we'll we'll see what happens with mendoza obviously since he's a new manager uh, since he didn't play in the major leagues everything is going to be well you know what it may be everything here is analytics driven and you know we'll we'll learn a lot about that this season and the, i i just hope that they put the proper roster around him to get him to succeed because without, you know, a full rotation without a bullpen, uh, this team is, you know, just in the same spot. It was with buck last year. And how about this? The Mets first game of the next season, figgy March 28th home against the Brewers. So, you know, it would have been fun if council was still there and it was Mendoza versus council would have been a fun storyline. Um, but you know, it's, I would love that first game get tossed. You know, a ball or strike, you know, you know, there's, there's a ball in the dirt. You swung, missed, whatever. You fouled it. Get tossed. Endear yourself to this Mets fan base. You know, let's turn the page on Mendoza here. Right? There's not much else you could say. He's a quiet guy. You know, he's he hasn't done it. It's a meh, whatever, hire. But, you know, you're going to yell about it. You can yell about it. I get why fans are mad. But go get players. Go get Yamamoto. The insiders saying the Mets are the favorites to get Yamamoto. Go get a rotation. 
go fix the, you know, DH spot, get a DH, get JD Martinez if you can. One roster move that just came out right after that is Adam Adovino. Uh ex- I'm shocked by this. Um, is maybe you know the Mendoza hire? He doesn't like Mendoza, and he said no. You know he did. I think he played when Mendoza was a coach there for the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but not picking up his six point seven five million dollar player option. I don't know if he's going to get more than that on the open market. Maybe he does. Uh, but Figgy, I'll start with you. Uh, quickly, thirty seconds. I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think you know, like you said. He let everyone on base steal. Like in in today's game, he is an automatic stolen base if you get on. His overall numbers weren't terrible. We interviewed him. We like him. New Yorker, good pizza spots. He knows his New York pizza. He's a kind of a likable guy, but I don't think the Mets bullpen or us is going to lose any sleep with him going. What do you think of him not picking up his option? Yeah, it's a little odd when you uh, if you look at the landscape, he feels like, you know, a, a reliable relievers are, you know, they, they're a commodity. However, end of which not a guy who with, with the new rules is a stolen base waiting to happen at every single turn. So that that's why I think it's a little risky to just not pick up that option. Uh, at the same time, maybe they can parlay it into a two year deal, whatever it may be. Uh, another thing is. Um, you're looking to get a guy back. Robertson would be a guy would you rather have back than Adovino? So I would go back try to get Robertson. Um, for me, I, I yeah, it's going to be all about personnel. It's going to be about uh, replenishing this pitching staff, um, having you know a good rotation, um, four strong starters. Because even look in the World Series, Texas won. You know, give me three of the starters. Other and, and Scherzer doesn't count. You know what I mean? They went and got Montgomery. They went and got Scherzer. So those good starters. You don't necessarily need those good starters until the, you know, run for the postseason kind of thing. And they can afford to go out and get those. They can afford to do those things. It'll be interesting to see what moves they make. Um, There's a lot that can happen. Uh, Trades as well. uh, Trying to get Juan Soto. If they try to get Juan Soto and Yamamoto instead of going after um, uh, Otani, uh, is Otani going to want to go to Dodgers? And, you know, what does this say uh, ultimately all the way around about the almighty dollar. We thought Steve Cohen's money would be able to get anything and everything that they wanted. They wanted counsel. Um, and it, it wasn't a money thing. It didn't come down to money. So that makes you kind of wonder when it comes to free agents at the same time, uh, how much money is it going to take or can he overwhelm them with? Because a player like uh, Otani, he's going to go wherever he wants to go. 500 to $600 million, you know, with endorsements and everything else is waiting for him no matter where he ends up. So he wants to be somewhere where he's comfortable. And with an organization that's in disarray, and we can say that about the Mets with all the hirings and firings and and player personnel moves, who knows what's to come. So it'll be very interesting to see after this managerial uh, thing is announced, what players do they go after and secure uh, going into next season? Because if they're truly going to compete, they can't compete with half a rotation and half a bullpen. Yeah, the other side of this is interesting is that this week is the GM meetings. Now the Mets get their manager, the impact that has. Now, you know, a player's not gonna there's not gonna be many players, I don't think, that are say, I want to play for Carlos Mendoza. I don't know if he's the guy who's gonna turn people away either. So that tells you about today's day and age. Is it, you know, more about the money, obviously. But will this decision or lack thereof a major decision, like not bringing counsel in, affect anybody coming here, uh, Anthony? That's going to be the other side of this is I don't think it'll play an impact. The Mets have offered more money. They're not going to say, I don't want to play for, you know, Mendoza. It doesn't seem that way. Uh, Your thoughts on that? And also quick 30 seconds, Anthony, on what you thought about Avino declining his player option. Yeah, out of Vino, um, 
it's weird too, because you look at the season and from afar, it looked like he had a terrible season. Uh, he gave up some big home runs. Uh, the stolen bases were just too much. He couldn't adjust, but he had a 3.21 ERA. Considering what that bullpen was doing this entire season, you know, he he was a blessing. And uh, it, it was just tough to see. But, you know, if he wants to go, that's okay. Got more money to spend. And uh, maybe, like uh, Figgy said, bring back David Robertson. But this Mets organization, it has this kind of weird uh, role re- reversal where, yeah, Steve Cohen has the most money and can spend the most money, but players are more looking to use him to get to other places and and get other teams to kind of get them not the most money, but where they want and where they can feel comfortable. Whereas in you know New York, you got to pay the taxes and all that stuff. Other states, you don't have to do that. So it feels like Cohen gets used more often than not. Uh, we saw it with Council. We've seen it with other players as well. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how it works this offseason, considering the Mets now have a lot of money off the books. Cano's gone. Uh, Scherzer's off. Now out of Vino. So we'll see how they are able to get some of these players. Obviously, Yamamoto is is you know probably top of the list when it comes to pitchers. And let's see how they can get creative. But you know, spending the most money doesn't always mean you're going to win it's just spending it smart and spending it wise and let's see if cohen can do that with this team me steve cohen getting used him for money me for like free food and and drinks at random <laughs> places that's the only thing uh, uh you know us, we have in common besides being jewish jewish and being used that's that's it but definitely not uh rich like steve cohen well this is gonna be an interesting week ahead you know what what do you think happens here quick 30 seconds figgy do you do you think yamamoto happens are you confident this rotation gets filled. Do they bring back a Seth Lugo? Does he come back in the fold? You know, he showed that he could have success as a starting pitcher. Does he get his wish back in New York of being a starting pitcher? You know, what do you think? How do you see? You know, we'll talk more about this at the QBC. Like I said, December 2nd, our live pod. But there might be a bunch of moves already done by then. So uh, what what do you envision happening here, you know, from now until the QBC on December 7th? I, I, I honestly think the Yamamoto thing um, makes a lot of sense. Same agent as Senga. Senga and Yamamoto are, are, are tight. Um, the comfort level would be great. Uh, getting another Japanese pitcher acclimated, of course, coming over and having to maybe be in a six-day six rotation um, like you know, Senga was in the beginning and then, you know, petered off of that in the, in the second half. Um, that'll, you know, prove to be an issue as well. That means you have to have six starters strong and be ready. Um, so it, I, I, I do think the Yamamoto gets done. The Otani thing is going to be the most interesting thing where Otani wants to go. And then from there, of course, they, they've got to f- figure out the bullpen needs, uh, arms that they can get. And it's not a Ford, it's get. Um, a, a lot of these guys, uh, like you said, I thought it was a great point that, that they brought up the prices, even Steven Matz. Got his price up, remember, and he went over to St. Louis, and Steve Cohen was very hurt by that. So it's done all the time. It's a leverage thing, and it's starting to uh, starting to make a, a lot of sense to a lot of people why people want to come over to the Mets or negotiate with the Mets to bring up their price and then all of a sudden go somewhere else where they are more comfortable and they are getting the top dollar that they were looking for. So uh, let's see what the first move is, and the first domino to this thing, and then I think it all falls into place. It'll be interesting to see his coaching staff too. J- Jeremy Hefner is staying, correct? As of right now, yeah, yeah. As of right yeah. now, that's the that's the thing. Is like uh, as of right now, guys are staying, but you never know. They can pull the plug on it at any time. One, I haven't heard them say they signed him back to another contract, so we have to wait and see on that because when the new manager comes in, they always get their right to you know give their input whether they want to be kept or not, or who they're looking for, or what they're looking to add. 
Are you confident, Anthony, here? Yamamoto, the, the pieces, uh, do you think? I really would like J.D. Martinez as D. I really want like a full-time actual D.H. and none of this, you know, this guy, this guy, this day, this guy's good numbers versus this guy. I want a legit D.H. And J.D. Martinez, if they were able to pull it off, I thought he proved himself even at his age and everyone said the injuries um, that he could be the guy. But I, I want a legit uh, D.H. What do you think, Anthony, of the offseason? Jake, I wanted J.D. Martinez last season. I mean, I was already done with the Vogelback experiment and, you know, it even got worse. And even through the offseason, hearing the the whole issue with Epler and Buck on how to handle him. I wanted J.D. Martinez last year. We need a we definitely need another competent bat in this lineup to back up and protect Pete Alonzo and Lindor. And, you know, a guy like J.D. Martinez may go a long way to doing that. Um, with Yamamoto, I think that's going to take a little bit longer. Obviously he's got to be posted. I don't know if that was done yet. And you know, the bidding and all that stuff that has to go about it, but I do see probably some type of moves happening. I think the last time the Mets made a flurry of moves, it was on black Friday. So maybe sometime around Thanksgiving or right around the QBC, we might see them make a moves, but you know, the, the, the Japanese guys, the Japanese players like Yamamoto and uh, Atani, uh, I don't know if you saw when uh, Atani came over from um, w- with with Anaheim um, or Los Angeles now, when they came over in the summer, the Mets were already out of the playoffs, but the fan base was there. And I, I'm pretty sure Steve Cohen was sitting there watching that. And, you know, with the money that can flow in with having Otani here and Yamamoto to go along with Senga, uh, there's a whole lot of money to be made having, uh, you know, the fan base be out there for them. Yeah, and uh, you know, for the hedge fund too, he, he's thinking business wise too. And when you have ties overseas now with two pitchers in Japan, I, I could only imagine across his whole portfolio, uh, Stevie Cohen's going to be wiping his ass with more million dollar bills if he could uh, bring in someone like Yamamoto. Well, guys, we got an exciting offseason ahead. By the time, are you going to the QBC, Anthony? I will be. I will be there early because I'm on the State of the Mets panel with Tim oh, Ryder nice. and uh, John Mincone and uh, Mark Healy. Oh, yes. They gave us the last spot. So you can either say best for last or, or you know, the sloppy seconds for last. I, <laughs> I don't know what we are at going last, but you can meet and greet us. They they said, Jake, you sign with Figgy. I'm like, no one wants my – they barely want your autograph, let alone my autograph. So you get an autograph from Figgy. If you want a second from me, I'll, I'll do the. Although the, I think I signed with you for like on a T-shirt, and there's never been anything harder to sign with a Sharpie than a T-shirt. So it was the worst, like worse than a doctor's signature. So if I do sign something, make it like a photo. Maybe you got to give out photos of us or something that's easier to sign where I could. And I, I can't. I don't know how people keep a consistent signature. Every sign I do something different. I do JRB. It's called college. JR- yeah, it's called I, college. I don't remember those times. That was a, a long days <laughs> ago. Uh, well, we're excited for the offseason ahead. Mendoza's the manager. Good luck. You know, I hope he wins. You know, I'm not going to jump off a cliff here. Get players. That's what counts. And if he screws up a good roster, then, yeah, then I'll yell about him sucking. You know, I'm sure on March 28th when he, you know, says I didn't want to fit up down with, uh, you know, whoever, whoever Yamamoto, I didn't want to put him back out there. I'll be screaming and going red in the face. But until then, I'm going to remain calm and trust David Stearns, that rich, that rich I was going to say rich, that smart-ass mother effer. I'm going to trust David Stearns to get it right. Nelson Figueroa, Anthony Rivera, Figgy, checking in from 
fantasy camp down in Florida. Anthony Rivera checking in locally from where are you, New Jersey? Jersey. Uh, from Jersey, Subway to Shade Podcast. This is amazing but true. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll close this episode next. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Get me out of here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Figgy, I didn't realize he was going to hop on. He did from Florida. We're sorry for the audio quality. He was on the field, but we made it work. Thanks to Anthony Rivera, Subway to Shape podcast for coming on this emergency episode of Amazing Mature. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Mason Radicchio for helping me in producing this episode. Once again, subscribe to Amazing Mature and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. If you're watching, give us a thumbs up below. Comment below. What do you think of Carlos Mendoza as the new Mets manager? Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Are you pissed off? I know there's people pissed. That's just how it's going to be. It's a guy no one's heard of. But, you know, sometimes the sexiest name doesn't always get the job done. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to trust Stearns here because I don't know. I don't think he would come to this decision if this guy wasn't the guy. So we'll find out. Let's see what they do with the players. And we'll talk about what they do with those players on December 2nd. Hopefully they have a bunch of new players. By then, that's the QBC, the Queens Baseball Convention, Saturday, December 2nd. Live Amazing But True podcast around 5. Get there a little earlier. Meet and greet, 3 p.m. They have a Terry Collins panel. Cliff Floyd will be there. Anthony Rivera will be there. Everyone Mets-related will be there. Ronnie Mauricio, I believe, is signing if you want to pay to get his autograph. So it's going to be a star-studded day at the Four Points Sheridan in Flushing. If you're not there and you're local, I don't know what you're doing. Get your tickets. Show up. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing some of you listeners and putting on a show. You know, the live shows are always a good time. If you haven't been, this is your chance to see a live, amazing, but true podcast. Well, in David Stearns, we trust. It's the GM meetings, and it's time to get rocking with this roster. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Figgy at Figgy NY. Follow the show at Amazing But True for all updates. And if any big signings or trade emergency episodes will be coming. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Amazing But True. We'll talk to you soon. If we don't, we'll see you at the QBC. Stay safe, everybody.